baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. From CBS Radio Studios in New York City, it's the DA Show with your host, Damon Amendolara, featuring Carlos Ortiz and the musical sounds of the Zap Zap Orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's DA. All right, and a happy Thirsty Thursday to you, everybody. We are toasting to the good stuff today, as we always do on a Thursday. So hit me up on Twitter, DA on CBS with your toasts or on the phones at 855-212-4227. Pat Boyle's in today with Stun to a News in 20 minutes. In 40 minutes, Bob Huggins tries to do a PR tour after his disastrous offseason. But we begin in college football. We've been doing the sounds of Saturday throughout this summer. Different play-by-play voice each and every morning as we look at 25 of the most interesting storylines in college football with the play-by-play broadcasters. And we talked to Mark Johnson, who's the voice of the Colorado Buffaloes, a couple of weeks ago. CU is not going to be very good, but they're going to be really interesting because of Deion Sanders. And Pac-12 actually should be really good this year, which is kind of a sin because they're going to break up after the season. There's going to be no more Pac-12, or at least not as we know it. And yet this is a year where there's actually a lot of good teams, five teams picked in the top 20. CU not being one of them, but Colorado has all eyes on them. And the other day in practice, there was a play, which was a goal line play. The running back is hit before the goal line, drags the tackler into the end zone, and the tackler kind of slams him to the turf after the touchdown is scored. Offensive line gets upset, grabs the defensive player, and slams him to the ground. There's a little fracas. I wouldn't call it a brawl, but there's a couple of players getting in each other's faces. So you might think that a head coach would get in the middle of this and say, hey, 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 we're not fighting in camp. We're not fighting amongst one another. This is stupid. This is stupid. Don't start fights. Don't punch one another. We are teammates. We're trying to build camaraderie, bonding, and a clean football team. This is stupid. This is stupid. (laughs) And yet Dion, he took a different tactic. Here was Dion. I seen two of y'all walking off over there, and you got to keep teammate fighting. What do they do there? Nowhere. Nowhere. What do they do there? Not here. In one fight, we all fight. You understand that? Yes, sir. I don't want to see y'all walking off when somebody's fight. Yes, sir. Never again. If one fights, we all fight. So the message is, <laughs> don't try to break up this fight. Don't try to calm the tensions. Get in there and have your teammates back. Bring a chair. Bring, bring a chair. Bring a folding chair if one is, one is around. Okay, so a couple of things. Number one, this video is available to watch because 
Some college programs have closed practices. You have no idea what is happening. They don't want the eye in the sky. They don't want fans looking in. They don't want anybody questioning them. They don't want the scrutiny. Instead, at Colorado camp, everything is on film. Everything. With a camera crew that's like five inches away from the huddle and the field. Like from where the play is being run. They're on the field. And... Coach is always mic'd up, and they always have a camera in his face. And so these moments that all these other coaches have been hesitant, weary, scared of showing, Deion Sanders is asking to show. Put it out there. We want the whole thing out there. This is the show. This is the television program. This is the social media content. We are the show. So that's super interesting because if a fight breaks out at most college football camps, nobody has footage of it. Of it, And if a coach is saying, if one of us fights, everybody fights, we definitely don't have that audio. And instead, Dion's mic'd up, documentary-style camera crew in his face filming it. And they put it immediately on social media for everybody to see and play the audio off. Okay, that's interesting. Number two... If this is a message that coaches do use, again, we never hear it because you would never have a coach encouraging fighting or encouraging joining the fight. It's always the opposite. But I don't know. Is this only because behind closed doors coaches say this, but out in the open they don't? Or is Dion on an island here where he's trying to stir the bonds and the loyalty, and the camaraderie, and we all have one another's back. Or is he again saying something nobody else says in public or actually believing something that nobody else believes? I would imagine there is not a practice that has ever happened under Nick Saban where Saban says, if one of us is fighting, everybody's fighting. I don't imagine. I have to imagine he has the totally opposite belief that if you're fighting in practice you're distracted you're emotionally too up and down you can't be trusted on Saturday you'll get a penalty for us it'll kill a drive or extend the opponent's drive and I can't trust you you know what you're out of here and I know that Nick Saban cannot believe that if one of us is fighting everybody better join into the brawl because that is not how you build a disciplined team that is not how you build a team that is smart in difficult situations, keeps their composure when when you're down by 10 points in the fourth quarter on the road at Auburn or something like this. There's just no way he would ever encourage this. But in some ways, I have to admit, I understand what Dion's messaging here is. He inherits a really bad football team, like arguably the worst Power 5 football team, maybe not even arguably the worst Power 5 football team. And he has had to turn over the roster. Now, whether he did that distastefully by basically showing it on camera, hey, I think you guys are all bums, get out of here, that's certainly arguable. But I I guess, my guess is that Dion looks at a roster that was bad last year, a culture that's been about losing, low expectations, a fan base, an alumni base that's largely been detached and disengaged, and now a lot of new bodies, a lot of new faces, 
and scrutiny on the program for good and for bad and saying, I got to get these guys to care about one another. I got to get these guys to believe we're all in this together. I cannot have apathy here. And if two of our guys are fighting because the offensive lineman thought that it was disrespectful that the running back was thrown down in the end zone, I don't want my wide receiver and my tight end walking off the football field. I want them in the heart of this. I want them engaged. I think, again, his tactics are debatable. His reasoning might be less so. The tactic being that Dion loves the show. And sometimes you wonder if he loves the show because it's about Dion or because he's doing what's best for young people or the program or whatever. It has always felt like Dion was about Dion. I mean, this dates back to when he was in high school and getting recruited. This dates back to when he was drafted and, and ultimately playing for the Falcons. This is when he was playing college at FSU. Everything has been about Dion, whether it was on the field, off the field, the brand, the commercials, the sponsorship deals, the endorsements, the free agent deals, the headlines, the television shows, the analyst roles, and now the coaching jobs. Is this about the kids, or is this about Dion likes the show and Dion wants to be a celebrity coach? I don't know. I mean, you'd like to believe that Dion really does have the best in heart for these kids. The, the You'd like to believe. But, I mean, sometimes it does feel like Dion likes what is about Dion first and foremost. But I don't know. I mean, maybe he has the best intentions. I, I really don't know. I don't know if it's the best thing in the world to also be stoking the flames on fighting and you wonder if he just knows this is a good headline, if he just knows this makes for good footage and a good soundbite. He's encouraging these filmmakers, his staff, his video staff that he personally has, to film everything all the time in that office. Mark Johnson was telling us about this, that all the time there's the Colorado Buffalo's media team, and then there's Dion's film team that films everything. There's two camera crews all around everything. Again, is Dion doing this because he wants the best for the Colorado Buffaloes or because he wants the most attention to get him the next job? I don't know. Or to make him more money. I don't know that. But I kind of understand the idea behind this. If one of us is fighting, everybody is fighting. Because he's got to quickly develop bonds here, loyalties here, and a reason to play for one another. And if you tell everybody, like, hey, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to get on you if you fight. I'm going to get on you if you don't have your teammates' backs. That is a message. That, that is a significant message. On Twitter, DA on CBS for today's Thirsty Thursdays. Going through some toasts. Hit me up on Twitter, DA on CBS. Mike tweets in, D.A., we were wondering, could you please let us know what exactly Pete Bellotti's title or role is on the show? We know you are looking for a new executive producer, but what is his, what exactly is it that Pete does on the show? Thank you. Well, it's very obvious. Pete is the man that controls all the audio, audio director. So everything you hear come out of the speakers is Pete. Of course. Oh! I have a microphone, so you hear my voice, but drops, sound bites, 
production. Brian Devo. The sound of the show, the music, all of this is under Pete's control. <laughs> Pete also has a role as management around here, as one of the, the managers of the newsroom, staffing, hiring, etc. Coaching, teaching. So there's a whole separate role that Pete has here in the company that is not even related to this show necessarily, but he's in charge of getting people up to speed, coaching them, teaching them, mentoring them, etc. Do some payroll too. Payroll, that's right. Staffing. So those are the the myriad of roles that he plays. And so he is thus not the executive producer of the show, but has quite a lot of input and control and influence over the show and is also my right-hand man here because, you know, we need, uh, we need Pete's smarts and vision and professionalism, and he sees, I think, radio in a really smart way. So we're leaning on Pete to help us find the next EP here of the DA Show. Cheese balls, which is why Carlos with a K is willing to buy him breakfast every <laughs> single day for the rest of his career to get this job. I'll then be able to afford it. <laughs> Mraz's 100 pounds tweets I'm, t I'm toasting Carlos for pounding all that high calorie food hashtag calorooskies hashtag toast them although you've been good this morning right you just eaten applesauce for breakfast uh, you missed one half of a breakfast sandwich don't worry about it I got another half waiting right on that desk for me and what is the breakfast sando turkey sausage egg and cheese okay Ryan, who goes by Morty's cousin, I'm not sure if that's Morty D'Souza or just a random Morty. I'm toasting 11 years of marriage to my beautiful wife. Hashtag Booskies. 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 Sparks Gang 330 says, What up, fellas? Toasted to my seventh grade team winning 32 to nothing even though we played horribly. Imagine us playing to full potential. And thanks to the D-Aliens who support brothers for bogeys. Y'all the real MVPs. Hashtag stroke that thing, cuzzo. Hashtag toast them. <laughs> Booskies. I almost, I almost I wasn't sure if I needed to dump that. Sparks Gang has a seventh grade team that won 32 to nothing and played horribly. Who are you playing? The Washington Generals? They're playing a team led by me. Who are they playing? Fourth graders? You won 32 to nothing? And you played poorly? Listen to the criticism. What, what are you, Nick Saban? Like, oh, we could have played, we could have prepared well, could have executed better. What did you win? One on one, 54 to nothing? Like, I don't get it. Mac and Bear from Delaware says, hey, DA, I want to toast to Scientist Dan, who's Dan, in, who's Dixieland Dan, and Rob of the 321 for helping me out on a project. Big props and booskies into all the D aliens everywhere. Booskies! Hashtag toast them. Iron Man Sean, who showed up to the Bob's Bar show with his beautiful wife and daughter. Good morning, DA. I'm toasting my Clemson Tigers. Let's go! Ready to claim the ACC and more this season. Hashtag toast them. Hashtag toast them. Mm -hmm. And Adam V, former bath guy, is toasting all my hardworking brothers and sisters out there picking up the garbage and recycling, especially those of the Pacific Northwest working in very hot weather. Hashtag toast them. Hashtag toast Wow. Is that so? Viva, viva Las Vegas! Remember, 
Remember when I said I hated the Elvis movie? I didn't hate the Elvis movie, but I didn't like the Elvis movie. I thought there was so much more, and I didn't like the, the lead actor in it. I thought he was so flat. I just read this story, which was hysterical. This was part of Fatherhood of the Movies. Tom Hanks told that guy to get right back into acting, and he'll give him an acting job as part of Tom Hanks' production team so they didn't have an emotional boomerang effect, that there wasn't some crash afterwards. And I read that this guy was so committed to the part that, like, he spent years studying Elvis's, you know, sensibilities and actions and, and behavior yeah. and mannerisms. He was so incredibly invested that Tom Hanks was scared this guy was basically going to go into a deep depression. And I did Fatherhood of the Movies. I was like, I thought this guy sucked. <laughs> <laughs> he dedicated years of his life to the role, and I just was like, I think it's sunk. Meanwhile, he's in front of scandals in Las Vegas trying to be Elvis, being one of those Elvis impersonators. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Tom Hanks would probably know a little bit more about acting than I do, so maybe I was wrong on that. But I just I thought he was terrible. I thought he was just so flat. <laughs> Sweet Sin City, gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Viva Las Vegas, viva Las Vegas, viva, viva Las Vegas. Now, whoever that was that was singing Viva Las Vegas, to me, he should have gotten the role. He should have played Elvis Presley oh. in the biopic. <laughs> <laughs> Just with the, the movements. <laughs> Wearing some rhinestone outfit. The jacket was made with a bedazzled kit. <laughs> when we come back on the show... Pat Boyle has a stun to a news. DA, CBS Sports Radio. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. CBS. It's the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. 23 minutes past the hour. DA with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. Violence. Coming up next hour on the show, we'll talk a little Clemson Tigers football with the voice of the Tigers, Don Munson, for the sounds of Saturday. Then also next hour, Katie Lindedahl is going to join us here in studio the Gidget of Gadgets. Our poll question today, and you can watch the show as Katie's going to be in studio with us on YouTube and on Twitch with the CBS Sports Radio channel there or at watchda.com. Should you be allowed or how did we phrase this in terms of bringing food into a movie theater? Should you be allowed to bring food into a movie theater? Is it okay to bring uh, food into a movie theater? Is it okay? Pat Boyle ran into this problem the other day. He went to go see Oppenheimer. For some reason, he's calling it Sloppenheimer, even though he actually liked the movie. That's right. And tried to bring in a couple of chicken sandwiches from the food court outside the movie theater and was stopped and had to throw them out. 
Daniel tweets, I'm toasting that AMC ticket guy for standing his ground and not risking his minimum wage job because some idiot tried to bring in outside food and didn't even try to hide it despite the giant, quote, no outside food sign. <laughs> Hashtag rules are rules. <laughs> Hashtag hard hat guy. Who did that? Consequences. Daniel. Daniel who? In the 316. <laughs> That's the guy that got mad at me because I trashed him for saying for his Twitter name being Daniel in the 316 as if anybody knows what the hell the 316 is. He Kick does. rocks. Kick I literally rocks, have Daniel. to Google 316 right now. I have no idea. Despite the giant sign. That's... Shut up. Stu McAllister tweets, just take the L, Boyle. You got caught sneaking food in. The rules are you can't bring an outside food. You think the movie theater owns that food court? No. Hashtag but I'm going to get hot. Them. I'm going to get hot when somebody then tries to be a superhero. When the one guy, the one guy seemingly didn't care. When the other guy 10 feet away as if he's Jason Bourne. <laughs> All of a sudden, shoots me a look from across the theater. Can't bring outside food in here. Like, dude, you literally could have just looked the other way and not said anything. He should look the other way, though, because, you know, it, I think DH mentioned this last hour. You got to make a business decision, you know, like Cam Newton did in the Super Bowl when that fumble hop happened. You don't want to get rocked for minimum wage because someone's trying to bring in a sandwich. Well, I'm not going to so, fight anybody. Decision. I I'm don't not, know if that you wouldn't. I'm not going to fight anybody over then, you know, then saying, here's the rules, and if you don't follow them, I'm going to call security to escort you out of the theater. You like, look I, like you would suplex him. And I don't even know who the other guy is, but I'm sure he was a little intimidated, but it's like, hey, you know, I'm not trying to lose this, you know, job, and you can't bring that sandwich in here. I need you to go get these $12 nachos. Boyle is a, fi- Boyle is a fiery guy, but he's not a fighter. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not going to fight anybody over doing their job, even though I disagreed with it. I'm not going to fight somebody over trying to bring a chicken sandwich in the movie theater. There's much more important things to fight about. That's certainly not one of them, especially when I was, te- you know, again, I admit I was in the wrong. I was breaking the rule. But then it's like, okay, you really got to be a hardo about it. Okay. Uh, another scenario. If you went, 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 went with your friend to the movies and you had the, the sandwich out and you got caught and your friend snuck it in. What would your reaction be? <laughs> if he snuck his in and I got caught with mine, <laughs> yeah. that that's probably on me then for yeah. not sneaking it well, in. I mean, it's on you regardless because you fail to adequately hide the sandwich. Yeah, I mean, it's on me for not being the general, the five-star general that I needed to be. And instead of trying to bring in the bag and hoping that, you know, I knew I was going to get it past the one guy because we staggered the line. I had it on the left hip, but I should have accounted for a possible incel trying to be a superhero across the movie theater uh you know who again wanted to defend the amc shield at all costs and and calm down there eisenhower five star (laughs) and i should have just said you know what let's have every attack let's have every root of attack and possible red flag that could pop up let's have it accounted for it i'm going to take the sandwiches out put it in your pocket i'm going to put mine in mine boom problem solved i didn't do that so yeah you know what Captain's got to go down with the ship. I didn't prepare for the iceberg. <laughs> the, AM, the AMC guy, I'm the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> Marie in Denver tweets, DA, I'm writing to you to remind you that that handsome man, Pat Boyle, should remember Kale McCarr made the cover of the NHL 24 game this year. Hashtag Booskies. Hashtag Toastal. By the way, handsome, handsome is in all caps from Marie. Yeah. Can she take a shower at this point? It's 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> wow. I'll leave Maria Carlos, I got mommies. I got, I got. you know what, in different area codes. Relax. Carlos, are you getting jealous because Maria in Denver likes Pat? 
Sometimes I'm a little too much. It's making me uncomfortable. I got Marie in Denver. I got Roxy in San Diego. I'm gonna. I'm accumulating. I'm. I'm spreading seed, baby. You have any in the East Coast? Uh, plenty. Not maybe affiliated with the show. Two one two three one six. Yeah. Four one five seven, six zero oh, two. Tell Daniel in the three one six. He can help out. Provide some women. <laughs> Provide some women. That's a drop. Pudicris. Pat's new name is Pudicris. Pudicris. Okay, Pat Boyle has headlines. All right, well, uh, since it was interrupted in the first hour, why don't we revisit Chicago from last night where Christopher Morell had the final say. Bellinger leads at second, Swanson away from first. And the one-two, swinging a drive toward right center. Back goes Robert, back near the stands. That ball is gone. A game-winning home run for Chris Morell. Can you believe it? Listen to this crowd. Pat Hughes, Cubs Radio. Again in the air, down the left field line. A reaching into the stands and couldn't get it. He's livid with a fan. Are you kidding me? You're playing Bartman. You're a jerk. You're an absolute <laughs> jerk. Get the hell out of here, Pete. That was on the that was on your play-by-play. Yeah, that Sorry. was on my play. Get the hell out of here. You know what? The Mets swept the Cubs in 2015, the NLCS, and what'd you get for it? Nothing. The Cubs won a World Series the next year. So yeah, you, you lost to a bullpen Royal. Stop. Playing ben I honestly had no idea what that was at Me first. Either. I'm glad you guys had that, that you knew that. <laughs> Pete Dude, I played. cried that game. I'm exa- I know that cut exactly. <laughs> you played the Bartman goal I, with two Cubs fans <laughs> in the, on the show today. No, hey, look, uh, the AMC guy was right. Sorry. <laughs> get the hell out of here. Anyway, walk-off home run. Cubs come back to beat the White Sox 4-3. They slide into a tie for the third and final spot in the NL Wild Card standings with the Reds and uh, who's the other team? I had the standings. You're the anchor. Yeah, I know. That's uh, that's on me. I had it pulled up before. Brewers. Yes. No. Marlins. Marlins oh, and the, and the Reds card. for the final spot, even though they have, they're have they better in the loss column. So that was a big win for my bad, my friend. I'm sorry. <laughs> big win. Big win for the Cubbies last night to get that one. Um, elsewhere, you had the... How would a Marlins-Brewers playoff game rate on TBS? Through the roof. <laughs> I want to see those resale tickets. Who calls those games? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the Marlins, they got crushed by the Astros in the rubber game last night at home. Three home runs in the first inning. Bregman, Tucker, McCormick, Houston Cruz to a 12-5 win. Justin Verlander gets another win. There's a former Met doing uh, much better off in his uh, next stop after he was traded. How do you like that? He probably was. The Mets stink. What do you want me to say? Well, you'd say they're great. They're they're in the bottom of the barrel of the NL East. And join next season, too. I'm I'm not arguing with you. I'm not arguing with you. Okay, two more highlights from uh, from last night that we've talked about already a couple times here. Shohei Otani, 42nd home run of the season. Uh, he was the second batter of the game. Reed Detmers took a no-hitter into the eighth inning. Angels blanked the Rangers 2-0, and Fernando Tatis stole home last night. That capped off a comeback. Well, not a comeback. That capped off a, a big win for the Padres in the rubber game against the Orioles. They win that one 5-2. Bryce going to lose, and Manny's going to cruise. That's what's in. Meanwhile, football news, uh, Kyle Shanahan still doing his best to not tell us who the starting quarterback's going to be, even though we all know it's going to be Brock Purdy. As long as he's healthy. 
Yeah, but he did commend Trey Lance on uh, you know his toughness for basically <laughs> being on finding his way to the facility. Yeah, <laughs> getting lost, <laughs> get lost on the way here. Um, I did find it interesting though. I was going back a couple of days to find this sound. This was Sunday after their preseason Week One game against the Raiders. Trey Lance uh, stats were a little bit misleading, but he went ten for fifteen. Uh, with a touchdown, looked pretty good, although they had a couple of three and outs. And the touchdown was a sure interception in the end zone that the defensive back dropped. It popped up in the air and was caught by yes. the receiver. Yeah, so here, here was Trey Lance. This is back from Sunday. He said taking it one day at a time to get the starting job for the 49ers. Just just taking advantage of every opportunity I get uh, one day at a time, like I said earlier, um, in, in training camp. Um, just, just trying to stay present focused one day at a time and, and trust that, you know, whatever is meant to happen will happen. I mean, he's, he's not going to play unless Purdy gets hurt again. And even then, it feels like they have allotted more reps or just as many reps to Sam Darnold as Trey Lance. I've been a Lance guy for a while, but I, I, even I'm losing hope. I, I, don't, I don't have much of a leg to stand on anymore because the fact that they brought in Sam Darnold and they want Purdy to have the job tells you that Lance, at best, is their second-string guy, and they're kind of trying to coax him into being a second-string guy. And time is running out, man. He he can't have crappy games like he did over the weekend. They went three and out three straight times. Yeah. Get him out. Get him out. Elsewhere, uh, the injuries, big injuries from yesterday that we uh, we mentioned earlier in the show. Russell Gage out for the year with a knee injury that he suffered yesterday in a joint practice with the New York Jets. So the Buccaneers are down a receiver. And then you got Mike Evans that we heard in sound check. He wants to know who the hell the starting quarterback's going to be. So things going very well Baker in Tampa Mayfield. Bay. Uh, meanwhile, Tennessee Titans young receiver Traylon Burks. LC- the marvelous Baker Mazel. <laughs> Baker Mazel. <laughs> she not an AMC? <laughs> Traylon Burks has an LCL strain. He was carted off, but, uh, you know, not an ACL or an MCL tear. LCL. So LCL strain. So it doesn't look like he'll miss a ton of time, um, but definitely uh, probably out the rest of the preseason. And then Baltimore Ravens corner Marlon Humphrey. Foot surgery for a lingering problem that he's been having. He's out indefinitely, although John Harbaugh said it won't be a long-term thing. So the Ravens secondary, once again, uh, seemingly in shambles. Women's World Cup final early Sunday morning between Spain and England, but the big news yesterday here, as he should have, women's national team head coach Vlatko Andonovsky resigned effective immediately. Our women with a lackluster showing at the tournament, exiting in the round of 16 after barely making it out of the group stage ending their back-to-back World Cup reign. So that, coupled with the bronze medal finish at the Tokyo Olympics, enough to put an end to his tenure. Uh, Good riddance. Yeah, whether it was actually by his design or the U.S. Soccer Federation, we'll find that out today. They're expected to confirm this exit in a public statement either this morning or early afternoon. Um, Finally, college football. I've got the full-blown itch for it. I am ready. I need week zero now. Nine days away. So real quick, uh, let's play a game. Okay. Um, I want to play a game. Uh, next next Saturday, August twenty sixth, you got seven games, and you know not you don't have to know anything about who the teams are, how well they're supposed to do, just off of the names. And week zero, we got football here. Let me know what you think the best game is for next week. So we got. I just looked at this the other day to think of the same thing. Like, how am I going to prioritize my my college football watch? Yeah, so you got two ranked games. We'll get to those. Uh, actually, let's talk about those now. So you got. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish, number 13 team in all the land. They'll be playing in the college football playoff this year. Wowie. Take that to the bank. Uh, Versus Navy in Dublin. Where's the crack, yeah? Yeah, I don't. 
I don't like when Notre Dame plays across seas. I just don't like college football internationally. Okay. I don't like football generally internationally. I don't like the London games. But, yeah, when Notre Dame plays in Ireland, it feels weird. But, okay, go on. That's at 2.30, though. It's not an early morning wake-up. Um, the other ranked game is number six, USC versus San Jose State. So you get the cupcake game to start the season for them. And then here you go. So here's the other smorgasbord of games that you have to get through uh, in week zero that you get hyped up about. UTEP at Jacksonville State. Huge. UMass at New Mexico State. Wow, the Minutemen. Yeah, that'll have CFP implications. Minutemen, Aggies. Ohio at San Diego State. Okay, Aztecs are not bad. Uh, Hawaii at Vanderbilt. SEC game. And Hawaii, tragic, you know, wildfire yeah. affecting the community. We'll see if Vandy drums up, you know, does something special for them. But also, did yep. you see Vanderbilt Stadium? No. Pre-Stun to a News, Stun to a News here? So they play First Bank Stadium. It's their stadium in Nashville. It's undergoing construction during the season. Wow. You have, if you look up pictures after this in the break, there's the end zone on both sides. And then literally like 30 feet later, both sides. Just wide open construction area. <laughs> and it's going to go. It, it's okay. That was the plan for the last like now nine months. Now that's something I might watch for the stadium. It's I'm not going to watch much Vandy this it's, year. It's No, yeah, it's jarring. Okay. like And that was the plan for them. Like, yeah, hey, sorry, we, you know, there's no way to get this done in the amount of time allotted. So there's going to be open construction basically going on during the entire season for them. Now the plan is like they're going to, uh, it's going to be beautiful. The plan's laid out after it's finally finished. Five-star hotel in the stadium, I believe. Big dining, you know, beautiful restaurants, all this stuff. Okay. Um, but, yeah, for the time being, um, okay. I don't know what's going to be worse, Vanderbilt Stadium or their actual record. <laughs> okay. Um, and then to fit, you get FIU at Louisiana Tech. All right. So you, you got to take USC, San Jose State, and Navy and Notre Dame, and those are the ones you have to watch. Yeah. We get the two ranked games. Yeah. We get Notre Dame, USC, which, of course. And then Hawaii, Vandy. That's the three. Okay. That's the ones you settle That's in for? One. Yeah. At least parts of all three of those. I think they could all get out of hand. I don't feel like either, any of those three are competitive. No. Remember, this week zero is how, what got Scott Frost fired. <laughs> so there there can be implications. You can look like absolute trash, and then your season is on fire after late August. Yeah, we can get another Appalachian State in North Carolina right out the gate. Now, I'm glad that Was you— Was that a week zero? I believe so, because, I yeah, I was at the artist formerly known as Mraz's house for that game. Okay. For, for what game? North Carolina App App State. Oh, I think you said Michigan App State. I was no. like, wait, that was like ten years ago. That's a good show. You should check in. That was week one. <laughs> okay, do we get stunned here? Yeah, well, hold on. Well, hold on. Because I was going to say really quickly, I'm glad that you're confident that Notre Dame's going to blow out Navy because I'm not. Because it's seeming it seems like that game is always a possible trip up for them uh, every single year, no matter how good or bad Navy is. Now Navy's been was pretty good. Now, the last couple of years, they were pretty bad. Notre Dame barely beat them last year. Navy beat them in 2016. So, first test for Sam Hartman okay. and Notre Dame in Dublin. You know, it's a weird one. Can Navy travel to Dublin and make it a game? I'll tell you what. I said the season's over last year when they lost to Marshall at home in the third game of the year. That was disgusting. If they lose to Navy in, the, in Dublin, in Ireland, basically teed up on a, on a nice little swivel for them. Swivel? If they lose that game, it's going to be a long year. Yes, it will. All right, let's get stuck. It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been 
on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. Oh. All right, you guys ever wish you could spend a night in the Eiffel Tower? Like only in the movies, right? A night? Can you actually spend time in the Eiffel Tower? You Not a night, but guess again. Two American tourists spent the night in the Eiffel Tower earlier this week, who, really? according to the French press reports, were apparently stuck there because they were too drunk from the night before. Classic American move. Yeah, so these lads got liquored up in Paris, as you should if you're visiting. What? Bought a ticket at 10.40 p.m. on Sunday night. One or two links I found, by the way, said 10.45 was last admission, but most of the ones I found said 11.45 p.m., last admission during the summer. So they got in, like, you know, the last hour or so. Uh, the report said they jumped over security barriers while descending the stairs from the top nice. viewing platform, which is 900 feet high. Um, and they were so drunk, I guess they didn't either know how to get out or didn't care to get out. So they just decided, yeah, we're hammered, let's fall asleep. Uh, security guards found them when they did their pre-opening rounds before 9 a.m. on Monday morning. Oh, my God. I can't believe they slept through the night. Yeah. They were in between the second and third viewing floors in an area obviously <laughs> roped off to the public. So, I mean, can you imagine that? That's a drunker pretty... than you know how drunk I was. That's a pretty badass trip if you end up sleeping on the floor of the Eiffel Tower and you sleep so soundly that security has to wake you up in the morning. Yeah. I mean, I might get three hours of passed out sleep and be like, I, I got to get out of here. Where, what are we doing here? Like, I, I could it, definitely not sleep through daybreak. And I doubt they have beds or anything, so they probably just slept on the yeah. floor or the carpet that might be there. And again, it was roped off to the public, so I don't know what that was just like a, if that's for emergencies or whatever. How do you sleep, let's say t- midnight, 1 a.m. when they kick people out? You make it through nine hours on that's the incredible. floor? I and incredible. Slept- and you don't, ra- you know, you don't, Stir at any moment and be like, holy crap, I'm in the Eiffel Tower. Maybe I should leave? I haven't slept nine hours probably in a decade, let alone doing it at the <laughs> Eiffel Tower. Yeah, at least 12 years. It's been my God. So the, the that's S. That's kind of a, um, that's kind of a Harold and Kumar type yes. of situation. Yes. Now, the, now I want White Castle. There you go. Now White Castle breakfast. We got to get in here. The S-E-T-E, uh, which is, I'm not going to try to say that in French, but basically the Security. Yes. Said although they did not pose any apparent threat, uh, they indicated that they would file a criminal complaint against these two guys. Uh, they were brought to police for questioning Monday morning, but, I mean, hey, a drunken night hanging out in the Eiffel Tower, I think that's worth any small <laughs> slap on the wrist they probably got. That's a hell of a trip. All right, thank you, Pat. Ralph writes on the YouTube chat, Matt's looking sad and Pete's getting mad. That's what's in... <laughs> That's actually pretty good, because I am sad. <laughs> and Titan fan says, Boyle's the type of guy that at a bar gets loud and obnoxious after a couple of drinks and needs attention, then gets either bounced on his head or punched in the mouth in the parking lot. I wouldn't let anybody hit Pat. Or, go, or goes through a card table. With no one caring that he went through a card table. Yeah, tailgating a Notre Dame football game. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, right through that table. You went right through that table. That's why I said you guys got to go to Buffalo. Yeah, I went to Buffalo last year. I did not go through a card table. No, I know. You got to go back. <laughs> to go through Whatever the Whatever capacity table. I end up working on the show, I'll, I will be there. I will go through many tables. But you know what? I knew that me telling that story about the movie theater was going was gonna to draw some negative reaction, and That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Don't ever tell me 
<laughs> that you never broke a, a quote unquote unwritten rule or that you know you were did you did well, something you weren't supposed to do. This one is actually on a placard outside. <laughs> I don't sneak Coopers into my pants all the time. Yeah, but don't tell me yeah, don't tell me you ever tried to sneak anything in the movie there or did something that is so Harmless. It's like going 16 to 55. Yeah, right. and then somebody calls you out for it, and, you know, you oh, oh, sorry, okay, sorry, sir. That you don't ever tell me that you never got mad at one point at something like that? Get lost. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something else, and then... I know, I was waiting for it. When we come back here on the show, will Bob Huggins' PR tour change anything? DA, CBS Sports Radio. This year, like last year, the best is on CBS. It's the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. All right, welcome back. DA with you here on CBS Sports Radio. A very happy Thirsty Thursday to you. You can tell your smart speaker to play CBS Sports Radio and have us on around the office of the house as you get ready for your day. Bob Huggins has entered a diversionary program to resolve his drunken driving arrest from a couple of months ago. And for Bob Huggins, he's got a one-year probationary period, and then also he ends up having a 60-day suspension of his license. But more than anything, he's a guy that obviously is struggling to piece his reputation back together and I think still try to fight for the head coaching job at West Virginia, which seems impossible for him to get back. Now, is it a PR turn that he's going to try to say, hey, I'm going to play nice, go through diversionary protocol, I'll do everything that you need me to do, et cetera, and then I'm going to come back to be the head coach? I don't know if he's still going to try to fight that. That seems, again, a ship that has sailed. But for Bob Huggins... To me, the timeline is what is just remarkable around here. You look at this. In September of last year, so less than a year ago, he was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. In May is when he does the radio interview where he uses multiple offensive references and slurs. Then, a couple months after that, he is so hammered behind the wheel of a car, he shreds his tire, the car is in the middle of traffic, cops come, he's obliterated, and he doesn't know where he is. He's in Pittsburgh. He has no idea. This happened within the same year the guy got into the Hall of Fame. Now, you would think he's the third all-time winningest coach in college basketball history. You would think now that Coach K retired, Bayheim retired, he'd be the winningest coach in college basketball active. You just got into the Hall of Fame. You can now cruise into the last couple of years of your career. Maybe West Virginia was getting ready to start to push you out, nudge you out, but you were still a larger-than-life hero for most in your home state of West Virginia, coach on the program. And, you know, Bob Huggins could have just had this really nice, soft landing at the end of his career where he's doing his kind of victory tour for the last couple of seasons. He's in the Hall of Fame. And instead, months after getting in there, says offensive things on the radio and then gets so blind drunk he doesn't know what city he's in and gets behind the wheel of a car. You just, you couldn't make it up. 
It's a sad ending for sure. And now he's fighting to say, I never actually resigned. Now, I think that that's just his his attorneys going through whatever levers they can pull to try to get him more money, forcing West Virginia to say he was fired instead of resigning because there's no way he can think he's getting that job back. But, man, what a devastating end to a career that it was not without its own pockmarks, without its own potholes, but still was a Hall of Fame career. And then just kind of lights fire to it in the final year that he's that he's the West Virginia head coach. It's just kind of insane to think about. Bouncing baby boys toasting to his old man for hosting my bachelor party at the cabin in upstate Washington this weekend. Should be an awesome time. Can't wait for a four-day weekend with Booskies. Booskies. Hashtag, hashtag toast them. Days to burn. Hashtag last days of freedom. How about that? Dad hosting the bachelor party. That's intense. The solid move. Kyle tweets, Booskies to little Timmy Bilotti. Happy birthday, little fella. Booskies. Thank you very much. Turn in three. Turn hashtag in three. toast them. Dan in the 316 says, I hope Boyle never takes a vacation to Florida. The no swimming signs of the lakes are there for a reason. The alligator emoji. (laughs) Very fair. When we come back here on the show, we will be doing a little Sounds of Saturday. Looking inside the Clemson Tigers. Coming up this season with their voice, Don Munson, next. DA, CBS Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.